Previously on the Civic Tech and Africa podcast. Um, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes you know, um, uh, you know, politician and uh, mostly you know, government, they 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 don't think much into um, like integrating the youth into the decision making. You know, right. And sometimes we they make decision and they said it's for the youth. That's where like uh, we 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 have have been working a lot with the youth and uh, we can gather a lot of information through using the you know the civic tech and using technology mostly and uh, most of the youth you know nowadays uh, the generation i think why they are really connected you know hamid khayat defala is the ceo and founder of chat innovation to listen to this episode and more find the civic tech in africa podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts this podcast is brought to you by civic tech innovation network in partnership with voice of vits Everyone, welcome to the Civic Tech in Africa podcast. I am your host, Nat Tim. Thank you. I'm delighted that you've joined us once again uh, for another episode. We have an exciting uh, episode prepared for you today. We're very excited to be announcing our newest member of the Regional Ambassador Program. Today, we travel to North Africa to speak to Yosa Juwini, who is an interdisciplinary researcher studying emerging technologies, emerging technologies and their social implications in the global south she is the director of technoloxia a technology and innovation center based in tunisia uh, she's also the host of the digitally yours podcast which specializes in digital rights technoloxia is a north african-based collective with a mission to provide community-centered perspectives on the region from the region hi yosa how are you I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Ha- Hello, everyone. Very nice to be on the podcast for this very special episode and looking forward to it. Yes, I, I look forward to sort of talking to you about such an exciting moment. I think it's a, such an exciting moment for us as a community to be able to have all the regions of our content represented in the Regional Ambassador Program. And previous listeners, loyal listeners of the podcast will know that uh, we have ambassadors in West Africa, East Africa, Central Africa, Southern Africa. And finally, we have an, an ambassador in North Africa. Such an exciting time for us to be able to really be represented of our continent and to be representative of a very important part of our continent. I was to talk a little bit about your organization and we're going to go into the region a little bit uh, a little bit later and talk about some, uh, some, some opportunities and challenges in your region. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Technoloxia and, and what it does really? Yeah, sure. So Technoloxia is a North African-based uh, team. We work mainly on the mission and the belief actually that a safe inclusive uh, digital experience is possible for all. And in that matter, we focus on areas related to digital development, but also related to digital rights and uh, internet freedom. So our our work is focused on research as much as uh, the dissemination, actually, of information and the networking of the community. So this is pretty much what Technoloxia does. We are based in Tunis, but focuses on the whole North African region because Actually, it's something that you already said that we believe that the North African region sometimes get underrepresented or overlooked because it comes in this between Africa and also the other region, which is MENA, which we call Middle East and North Africa. So there is a lot to tell about the North African region, and we wanted 
in a way to represent it in and get information, quality information and quality, uh, quality perspective on the region from the region. Right. And, and I know that your organization, Technoloxia, seeks to sort of influence policy. Is this just based in Tunisia or you're trying to influence tech policy around um, your region in, in the MENA region or in the North African region? It's both, actually. Yeah. So we uh, we work mainly on uh, with partner organizations, whether it's like from the civil society, international organizations, or with uh, companies and governments to actually document the influence and the impact of technology and how to look uh, into that. So just to go give you an overview, we help document uh, how certain uh, platforms and technologies are actually impacting people with vulnerabilities and uh, sometimes minorities, sometimes people who come from disadvantaged areas, etc. We work on that in matters related also to more policy uh, focused work where we, for instance, we have the chance to work on the universal periodic review uh, process and actually document work related from different countries in the region and get the community uh, centered uh, re- that's a community centered research because we believe that the community has a lot to tell and we hope to present the channels for the community to tell its uh, own story. So yeah, that's pretty much what we do and what we mean by when we say that we hope to be uh, give perspective on the region from the region, yeah. Right. And I'm very interested in sort of how you are able to do, how you are able to do the work that you do because again, you're interested not only in your country, you're interested in the region. And so how does Technoloxia as an organization reach out to the rest of the continent, or rather the rest of the region? Are there partnerships that you've created with other organizations in your region? So actually you said it perfectly when you said to other partners in the continent, but also in the North Africa region. So we rely on our own uh, network that we built through the years, even before actually uh, starting Technologia, because Technologia started with a mission, uh, not like from the vague. It started with uh, the experience of our own team members that so there is a gap that we wanted to fulfill. And that's why we focus a lot on the community. So we all rely a lot on that history we have with Build Network and Another point we focus on and we hope that it's one of our, um, let's say, privileges in a way that we are a team that comes from multidisciplinary backgrounds. So whether it's in terms of the uh, the ge- geographic um let's say locations, but also when it comes to the backgrounds themselves. So when we speak about technology and society, we speak about the community that comes from a technical background, but also we speak about people from legal and policy background. At the same time, we focus a lot on people who are actually working in the field and with the people who are impacted with certain policies and certain technologies. So that, let's say, melting um melting hub or that melting pot of experiences and backgrounds is a way that we hope to translate what our findings in a way that is beneficial for our partner organizations or to directly to our uh, community so sometimes people don't speak the same language when we speak when we say um people from the legal or the technical for instance and that's something we believe is one of our strengths 
and we hope to actually foster more. Uh, to come back a little bit more to your uh, question on how we reach out. Uh, so as I mentioned, we uh, we focus on uh, our network that we have built, but we also focus on translating our mission. And I think that most people in the civic tech, but also really in the technology, uh, technology sphere in general and the digital landscape in the region, are willing to share their experiences and looking to get connected. And that's something we rely on. We rely that we have this vision and this mission that is that many people actually can re relate to. And that's very relatable to many people. So usually, even if we don't have a direct contact with an organization, once we reach out and we explain and we have, um, like inter, inter, uh, like we, we explain and we, uh, our vision and why we want to connect and to partner, we usually have a positive impact and positive response because as I said, people believe in the networking and the importance of having a mission and to work together on it and to learn from each other at the end of the day. Right. And, and I imagine, you know, you're talking about sort of the, the partners that you have and sort of the, the, the people that you're working with in your region. I imagine lots of people who are listening to this podcast right now are thinking, you know, it's such an interesting thing because we never hear from North African uh, African voices in the rest of the continent, particularly because of the language barrier, right? A lot of people in the North African region speak French or uh, will speak, you know, uh, Arabic. It's such an interesting thing for me to have you as, a, as an ambassador because I think it allows us the opportunity to sort of see into the world that perhaps because of language you are unable to see into as people who are sort of Anglophone uh, or Francophone or, or otherwise. I'm very interested in understanding sort of how the civic tech landscape looks like in the North African region. Because I imagine some people, when they think about civic technology, they always go back to, to the Arab Spring, right, in, in 2012. And that's sort of the only example they have also of how civic technology was able to influence a positive change in a region. Can you sort of paint a picture for us right now as we're speaking in 2023, just how the environment of civic technology looks like? So let's start by having an overview on the North African region. Um, it's very hard to put one label on the region because of the diversity it has. So you have, as, as you said, um, countries that speak more French and like even the information and the documentation happens usually in that language, but other uh, other countries that speak more the Arabic language and have that uh, also kind of documentation. And it would be way easier, honestly, to do more work in those languages and um, not maybe look to uh, have have uh, more uh, more documentation in enclosure, for instance. But what we do is we focused on actually providing the information in the, uh, the all the languages needed, but also to try to work on other languages that are, for instance, not represented enough, um, and they are like. Um, for instance, uh, languages related to minorities, for example. Mm -hmm. So to come back to your uh, question, 
as I said, it's hard to put one label because, for instance, you have countries that made more progress than others, countries that have very difficult um, or challenges backgrounds and uh, contexts. For instance, when we speak about Libya, we speak about around 10 years of uh, conflicts and how that is resolving, um, especially also when we speak about Sudan, when we speak about Mauritania, Egypt as well. So, yeah, you have very much a lot of differences, but also certain patterns that we are uh, seeing. And related to the civic tech community in particular, we saw more initiatives in countries, for instance, like Tunisia, Morocco, Egypt, but also we saw a lot of impact when it comes to certain initiatives launched in countries like Libya, for example. For instance, there are many initiatives that may not be have the easiest actually mission to work on, but they are doing a great job. Um, so yeah, well, and it's also changing because we have unfortunately seen a shrinking um, context when and shrinking space for civil society in general to work in the region, but also when it comes to their online work um, in countries like Tunisia and Egypt, for example, but also in uh, Algeria. So it's definitely um, hard to navigate all context, uh, all context, but it's also very inspiring to see how uh, resilient and but also how is beneficial for their own communities. So for 2011, we have seen a lot of work done on the accountability and the political uh, inclusion and the, the political landscape in general when it comes to online and uh, tech-based uh, initiatives. But in the recent years, we have also seen more work related to uh, community and maybe focusing on other uh, other areas that could be less controversial. But at the same time, even with this change in context, I personally remember speaking to some uh, people from Morocco and uh, Algeria on how they are navigating um, uh, like less, less free uh, less free let's say um context when it comes to political landscape and i remember this one initiative from morocco that actually managed to have this accountability and uh, channel of uh including the parliament in more civic tech initiatives and more civic uh, dialogue in a way and they they got inspired from other initiatives in the region but they have their own uh, ways to uh, work with their own context and build the trust in their own context because each context is different but could definitely learn from other experiences whether it's success or failure, actually, and we, I don't like the word failure a lot, but sometimes it is the case when you have so many difficulties, but it's always lessons learned to, to actually make more progress in the right. future. I'm very happy that we're going to be having so many opportunities to learn about these initiatives in, in the North African region. Uh, obviously, Technoloxia will be helping us collect some case studies and initiatives from uh, that part of the continent. And so um, please uh, stay tuned to our platform. 
platforms to learn more about uh, these initiatives in the North African uh, uh, context. There, there is the question around um, accessibility. When we talk about digital transformation and talk about civic technology, we always talk about accessibility being a, a, an important aspect of the work that we do. What would you say is the level of accessibility of technological tools in your region and how does that influence the work of, of civic tech innovators? Thank you so much for this question. This is a particular topic that is personally from from like my own experience as a is very close to my heart. Uh, and that's actually one of the stories we got inspired to start uh, working on accessibility, in particular in Technoloxia, uh, and providing uh, resources for the local community. So just to give you like some background, um, back in like quite a few years now, actually, I personally had challenges with visual experiment and had kind of uh, medical uh, reasons and medical background um, diseases that in a way was very difficult to me to uh, to see things clearly and to use um, what I used to use um, from tools, etc. Mm. And that was an experience that opened my eyes, like in a way, literally, <laughs> on how <laughs> difficult it is to navigate the digital space sometimes when you have certain disability or mm. you come from let's say parts of the country or the region with uh, difficulties to access internet etc so right obviously there is this interdisciplinary um identity sometimes that make it hard for us to to use uh, the the digital tools whether as people with disabilities but also as people with uh, low uh, and disadvantaged community so just from that my personal experience i remember when i spoke to the team i was like i want to work on further explaining and raise awareness of digital accessibility because I remember I, I tried to use few tools that I had past experiences with, whether in from the civic technology, but also from governmental portals, etc. And it was very difficult to do simple things, you know? Hmm. Um, and I was like, okay. And at that time, I remember those years very small people would speak about um, accessibility, even when I personally attended like internet government school, etc. That was not a topic that was explored. So what we have done in that um, in that field is that we tried, okay, let's see what is being done. And we found out that in the region in general, in the MENA in particular, there is more the academic work done related to accessibility, but that is usually not uh, further explored to the uh, civic tech community. So we looked into ways to provide practical tools for civic tech community to start working on matters related to accessibility and just make their like their uh, services more accessible. It's not like 100%. It doesn't have to be 100% because, you know, sometimes you have to reiterate when it comes to uh, digital accessibility. And very recently we worked on this a guide that we uh, call Accessibility ABCs. Uh, for people listening, you can check accessibilityabcs.com. It's provided in like French, Arabic, uh, Spanish, and English. So that's uh, something that we spoke a lot about, which is related to the uh, the uh, 
diminishing, let's say, the language barrier. And we gave practical tools that it's uh, by, through use cases actually uh, for, inspired from the uh, civic tech initiatives on how they can make their work more accessible today. So yeah, it's definitely a topic that is still not in the front end when it comes to some organizations uh, focus. And I speak of that as part of the community myself. It's not just like blaming only. No, part of the community myself, I have experiences when I had my own visual disparagement to when navigating certain uh, schools, but also when navigating uh, certain services, that it was very difficult for me to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even when you reach out to the people working on those initiatives, they would usually not be very familiar or not always keen to do uh, the extra mile, let's say, of work related. So we understand that this is something that the community is not very much aware of, but actually that means that we can do a lot of progress. So we see it from that way. There is definitely a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to digital accessibility and ways to to incorporate it. It doesn't have to be, uh, let's say, you have to... Hopefully you have some of the resources that you can allocate, but you can actually start today by maybe reviewing your recruitment uh, let's say, per process, you may also review how you post on social media. Mm. Um, uh, do you have to add alt text, for instance, in your pictures? It's it's like those simple things that would accumulate. And we believe in this cumulative uh, process where each step counts. And hopefully we, we get to the mission of making a safe, inclusive digital experiences for all. And I like and I and like this sort of angle of accessibility that you've now touched, because I think in the in the digital world, even when I was asking the question, you think about accessibility as only from the angle of how many people have internet or how many people have uh, appliances or appliances that they can use to access the the internet, but you've sort of gone and gone. There's also people who have disability who would need to be able to use the internet. That's another level of accessibility that we need to be looking at. And I hope that people who are listening to this podcast who are innovators, as they innovate, need to think about different levels of accessibility, not just an accessibility point of uh, just the tools that they need, but they also need to think about language as as another form of accessibility or a barrier to, to access. They need to think about, uh, you know, whether people are able to see if they're visually impaired, are they able to read? the the content that you put out so they it, that, that that's what you're talking about about the importance of alt text in images that we use on, on the internet etc so that's really 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 interesting and I hope that people uh, will look at accessibility from that angle as well I'm hoping to to hear from more people who want to talk about another level of, of, of accessibility that I don't know about because I imagine most of us are ignorant about things that perhaps we have not experienced uh, or have not seen such other people experience, right? So if you're not a member of the blind community, you might you know, be a little bit ignorant about that level of accessibility. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it's, it's very uh, nice that you mentioned these different levels because sometimes you may not experience those difficulties and you may, for instance, look at when you spoke about internet access, you look at what network is provided, but 
in some rural areas and in some regions, we noticed when we worked on document and actually uh, uh, internet accessibility focused uh, focused matters that we noticed, for instance, that sometimes it's the electricity challenge. Um, I remember uh, I once had this um, meeting and this like uh, interview from someone from um, an initiative called Anir which uh, if they are listening, I would like to greet them. And they are based in uh, Libya. Mm. And one of their challenges was actually related that simply there were so many um, electricity shortcuts and that there were um, challenges related to, at that time, there were a certain uh, military conflict where it was difficult for them to have enough power during the day. And it could, as much as, uh, related to their own work as a civic tech initiative, but also like in their learning experience when they were uh, certain students that were pursuing their um, education online. So you see definitely that sometimes we need to do more. Uh, all work is important, whether mm-hmm. you are trying to focus on documenting gender specific um, challenges or, for instance, uh, the disparities between the regions, etc. Every work is important and every work is, um, is a tool that we can make progress on. You know, just uh, write to us and tell us a little bit about, you know, your sort of, uh, your different level of accessibility that we probably haven't covered here. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine that as we go with this podcast, we are going to be talking a lot more about accessibility. I think in the beginning of last season, language was a very important issue, right? That people were not writing, even if they were right, using the language like English, right? Which is like a medium of instruction, the level of English that was being used was too high, right? Because some people have a very uh, elementary understanding of, of English. And so you want to use a language that's like understandable, like even if it's like a, a common language, but you want to make it understandable. Uh, so that's very interesting. So um, there's a question that I always ask here uh, occasionally on the podcast around how people define civic technology. And I want you to take your time and think about this one, uh, Yosa. Do you, uh, because I, yeah, some people define civic technology differently from other people. And I want to know what your definition of civic technology would be. So I don't know if my uh, definition would be like, um, let's say very academic, but when I think, let's say, let's see, when I think of civic technology, for me, I see the words community in like bold letters. Right. But I also see the word technology. And uh, when we see technology, we see also like whether it's online or like technology in general, whether it's like ICT in general, like Mm -hmm. tools uh, being used. So I believe that civic civic tech is community focused initiatives that um that touches a wide range of themes and uh matters that in that get enhanced or um let's say uh were, um so let's say uh, it gets enhanced or where i see technology being used as an approach and a tool to serve the community. Right. So right. for me, it's very important to not get so focused on 
let me put the latest trend when it comes to technology. It's more about, okay, mm. what my community needs and right. what my community could benefit from in that context. So yeah, I definitely saw the words in bold when it comes to community-centered Technologies. I, li I like that visualization that like it's it's like in in bold if you're to make a word cloud uh, of your definition that the big one would be community and service right I, I like what you're saying like it's, it's in service to the community so it's not just technology that I can use you know to to have a great time whatever but it's about technology that's being used in service of helping communities live better lives, a better quality of life, um, and so that's that's very interesting for me. And I imagine that's very close to so to how other people define uh, civic technology. Uh, so, uh, so please write to us and tell us what your understanding of civic technology is. We like sort of comparing those, but they're never very different. I think they're they're very similar. Now coming back to the regional ambassador program, you are our newest North African ambassador, which excites me <laughs> uh, it excites me so much like i said in the beginning it really sort of gives us um uh, insider information into this world that some of us don't understand really because again like i said earlier of the lack of accessibility because of language and so i i am sort of very curious about what you're looking forward to as a north african ambassador uh, as you start this program with us uh, sure so to come back a little bit about the story of Technoloxia, as I told you, we really focused on putting the highlight and putting like the lights in general on community work. Um, it's not for us about like getting all the shine as Technoloxia, it's more about for us to create this um, channel of uh, sharing information and knowledge in the region. Right. Um, so there are so many other organizations and teams and hubs that are doing amazing work in the North African region and beyond. And we want to be able to bring them to the uh, overall African community and get them more connected with other uh, initiatives in the continent. Right. We believe that North Africa is part from Africa. Hello, that's that. That seems like that. That's very um, easy. Something something to to say. But actually, we believe that there is a lot more that can be done on integrating further the community, so we can learn from the, each other and learn from other experiences. Um, on a personal level, it has always been beneficial for me as a person, but also for, um, for our team to be engaged in initiatives focusing on the whole continent mm -hmm. and learning from the different context, context because it, it, we may have certain difference, but there are so many patterns that you say, okay, we can, we can definitely learn from that. Maybe we can, um, get inspired on, from that and actually do some tweaks uh, related to our own context. So yeah, our own mission has always been to put the spotlight on other uh, initiatives and to bring other initiatives, whether we started doing it with our own podcast, the podcast where people can actually listen as well. 
it's called, it's digitallyartspodcast.com where we actually had the chance to have people from different countries in the region come and speak about their work and their own challenges related to sustainability, related to uh, the shrinking spaces of freedom, etc. So it's very important to us to now bring that further uh, to the African context. And that's why we we were very keen when we saw the opportunity to be the ambassador of the North African region right. uh, in the program. And we hope that it will help us not only connect with other people from the community, bring people from the North African region further to the network, but also uh, disseminate and further, let's say, share our own work as well as uh, Technoloxia. We have a multitude of um of projects that we believe um, being part of the uh, community and the program will help us uh, reach further people, including our work, for, inst for instance, on accessibility. We believe that the community can can pretty much um, uh, benefit from our work and we hope to make it available for everyone. Right. Uh, so yeah, we definitely see a lot of benefits in collaborating and always in bringing people together. Speaking about the Digitally Yours podcast, that's your uh, podcast at, at Technoloxia. It's available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and YouTube. Um, uh, where else can they get it? It's just on your website and those platforms, right? Exactly. You can find it everywhere where you listen to your podcast, uh, but you can also have it uh, directly like visit our, uh, our website where you can also find blog posts and transcripts of the episodes if uh, that's something that would be interesting to you and that's mm. small tip for everyone who have in podcast maybe to provide also transcripts um because it could be beneficial for uh for everyone so yeah you can visit us on there and as well as on our and twitter account but you can always find all information in digitallyourspodcast.com right i imagine some people might want to partner with technoloxia in the future how do people contact you Yes, please. We always are open for any opportunity to uh, to partner and to get our efforts together. So the easy way to do that is to actually visit technoloxiacenter.com. You can, uh, I trust you can, we can uh, add that to show notes if anyone yes. is having difficulties with the yes, name. Yes. Uh, so yeah, out there you can directly see some of our work, but also you can find ways to reach out to us and contact information as well that are actually updated. So yeah. Right, definitely. So check today's uh, description down below in, in where you are listening to your podcast right now and check out the show notes to find out uh, everything you need to know about Technoloxia and where you can find them. Like I said, I don't know if I've stressed enough how excited I am about having a North African ambassador finally, but it really, really Really, really pleases me that we we have you Yosa uh, and your organization joining us um, to really spread the word about civic technology but also particularly about civic technology on the North, North African uh, um, part of the continent um, so thank you so much thank you thank you so much for having me and I would just use this uh, few words to call for anyone who's listening who may be also from the North African region or beyond to reach out to maybe we can partner together, maybe we can showcase your work and link you more to uh, the global community and the regional uh, community. And we can do further uh, work to enhance our mission for a safe, inclusive digital experience. So 
please don't shy away and very very excited to be part of the team now thank you uh, i'm very excited too so um that concludes this episode uh don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast and please see the episode description for all the places you can follow and engage with the civic technovation network until next time goodbye This podcast is brought to you by Civic Tech Innovation Network in partnership with Voice of Vits.